to the Contracting Officer Podcast. It's not just for contracting officers. If you work anywhere in the government acquisition world, this podcast is for you. Whether you work for government or industry, we're here to help you understand just a little more about how the other side thinks. Join us at the Government Contract Pricing Summit this June 20th to 22nd in beautiful San Diego. The Government Contract Pricing Summit builds understanding and trust between industry and government pricers. And building that trust is one of the key missions of the Contracting Officer Podcast. The keynote speaker is Shay Asad, the Director of Pricing for the DOD. We heard him speak last year. He gave an insightful and honest assessment of the current state and future state of pricing in the DOD. As a bonus, Contracting Officer Podcast listeners get a promo code to save an additional $200 off registration. Registration closes on June 1st and seats are limited. So head to gcpsummit.com slash podcast to get your discount code. The GCP Summit is hosted by EBS, the makers of ProPricer. We'll see you there. The topic for today is government shutdowns or the threat of government shutdowns. You'd think this would be an anomaly, but it seems like it's become a regular part of the annual federal budget process. Okay, here we go. You may have heard the term government shutdown in the news, but it's quite confusing because the government never really seems to shut down, even when they say the government is shut down. Yeah, I've been involved in, a, in several of the government shutdowns, but the ones that are really frustrating are the ones that are almost government shutdowns, which actually happen <laughs> more frequent, and they take just as much effort. It's kind of like this black hole, and the gravity of the effort around it, the gravitational pull of the government shutdown, pulls a lot of effort away from all these different programs, and when they don't actually shut down, it's just the same amount of work. Yeah, it doesn't really matter whether the shutdown happens or not. The panic that it might shut down causes the same amount of work whether the shutdown actually happens or not. Yeah, really. Okay, before we get going, let's stop and say thanks. Let's say thanks to Kara Sandberg. She's a, a contract specialist at her Air Force base. They used a podcast to prepare for the contracting officer warrant board, which is pretty cool. I also want to say thanks because she scheduled a time to talk to me through the AskSkyway.com site, and she explained that she uses the experience we share on the podcast to add storyline to the regulations. Needless to say, that made my day. That's awesome. Thanks, Kara. We're talking today about government shutdown. What is a government shutdown? In short, it means that the people who fund the government, i.e. Congress, right, doesn't give any money to the people who operate, in quotes, the government, i.e. the executive branch, you know, the president, etc. So that's the simplest way is that there isn't any money. And if there's no money, then you run into this little problem called the Anti-Deficiency Act. Exactly. And the Anti-Deficiency Act actually requires, in quotes, a government shutdown because they can't spend money they don't have. Now, yes, we see the irony of that, you know, given that there's a $17 trillion national debt, and the, but th that's a budget issue, right? The government budgets this, you know, more money than they have. Okay, whatever. But we're talking about the contract level. You can't put on contract money that Congress has not given to you. And since that hasn't happened on schedule, you don't have any money, which means yep. you can't award contracts. And you also can't allow contractors to continue to obligate you to pay them when you don't haven't put the money on the contract right and this creates you know real impact think of this it's kind of like planning for a hurricane because you know I'm, I'm down here in florida and so you know the hurricane is coming because they usually they take a couple of days maybe a couple of weeks to develop they're working their way through the caribbean yeah, you hear that you hear that the bill isn't going to pass or they haven't got agreed on the congress has not agreed on the the budget bill exactly so it's not like a lightning strike comes out of nowhere so you still have, but you still have to prepare for the hurricane. You can't, you can't wait until the 
it's going to be here in two days. And all of a sudden you got to figure out, well, where do I buy the plywood to board up my window? Right. You can't wait that long, right? You have to be thinking about it ahead of time. And here's the other similarity. You kind of hope that it gets averted. You hope that the hurricane takes a hard left turn and never actually comes near your house. Right. You do all that work. You nail up all the plywood. You evacuate and you hope that it was all a waste of time. <laughs> yes, it's a weird scenario. And so you know, back in 2005, we had Wilma that just dodged us and we're like, woohoo. And then in 2016, we had Matthew, who actually Shelly, one of our team members, took a direct hit, took out her fence. So you know, it goes both ways. But that it feel- even happens up here in D.C. Every couple of years, one rolls up the Chesapeake Bay and we get a lot of wind and rain and, you know, the ocean effects. Not the same as Florida. I'm not trying to compare it. We, we don't usually get hurricanes in northern Virginia. But, but you, well, even New York City got one or they got Hurricane Sandy. So yep. that's the best way to think of this is like you, you, you can't prepare for every scenario, but you also can't wait until, oh, it's in the news. I should start thinking about this. So that, that's the best analogy I could come up with for hurricane shutdown. So the government hurricane of a shutdown is upon us. What do we do? We go to the FAR, right? Well, no. the FAR doesn't have any specific instructions. It, the FAR governs what happens to the contract. And this is one of those externalities that impact the contract. Then you go to the contract, and it has lots of guidance, but it never says specifically this is what you do in case of a shutdown. It's the impacts that the shutdown causes that the stuff in the FAR governs. But a government shutdown isn't really a shutdown. It's not everybody stop everything and go home, right? Yeah, it's more of a sort of shutdown. So the question is, do you stop work? Well, it depends on lots of variables <laughs> like funding type contract type is, are you mission essential is it services or products do you have a fixed price contract for products there's just there's so many variables to it so let's start with what happens to the government people well the government people in, in a shutdown if you're not mission essential you do get sent home right so there's the idea of what am i preparing for before i get sent home and what does that mean to, to if you're a contracts person you may not i mean just because you're managing contracts doesn't mean you're mission essential right uh, there are certain contracting officers that are mission essential that would stay, but most government people are going to be sent on what's called, that's the term furlough, means that they're sent home. Yeah, well, what's mission essential varies, but usually things to do with safety, health, security, those kind of things, those people around. And by the way, military, they don't get furloughed. All the civilians disappear, but if you're in the Department of Defense, the military people still are are working and showing up to a mostly empty office in a lot of places. But you get great parking at the Pentagon that week. (laughs) On the industry side, what happens is totally dependent on all of these crazy variables that we're talking about. Each contract is unique. Now, it's not different for every single contract. There's classes of contracts that it all kind of happens the same. But there's nuances in every statement of work. There's nuances in every contract that could make what happens a little bit different. As a general rule, contractors that are providing services on government sites, they all go home because the government site is shut down unless they're providing mission essential support. For development kind of work and things that occur in contractor facilities, there's a good chance that that kind of work can continue. And an example would be, this is, again, this is the stuff that makes the news. You see the big picture of this federal facility, like the Smithsonian. I saw this on on a website the other day. The Smithsonian shut down because of a government shutdown. They put a big sign out up front. That's what that's the external part that you see. Well, the Smithsonian is How am I gonna see the T Rex? <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that's that's like one percent of all the stuff that's happening in the government. So to the person who's not inside the system, 
to the average, you know, to John Q. Citizen, who happens to be in D.C. that week. He's like, the whole government shut down. It's like, okay, let's not freak out. You know, we're still looking for nuclear missiles. We're still tracking Al Qaeda. You know, let's not freak out here. But yeah, this balancing. <laughs> Don't schedule your vacation to D.C. at the beginning of the fiscal year because all of the museums, which are normally free, may be closed. <laughs> wow, that's a, that's a that's like a public service announcement right there. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out that these shutdowns are pretty normal. Yeah, and they've actually found an article in the Washington Post that they kind of reviewed like the last, I think it was called like the last 20 government shutdowns. Some of them are as short as one or three days. And then there was one in 1995 that was 21 days, which I believe you were actually impacted <laughs> by. You're like, welcome to the government. Go home for three weeks. Yeah, that, that was my first year, probably six months into my government career. They said, you're going to get furloughed. And all the old guys were, said, ah, don't worry, this happens all the time. They're saying you're not going to pay you, but they can't stand the pressure if all the civil servants don't get paid for three weeks. So they'll retroactively pay you. Don't worry about it. So six weeks into my government career, I went and played pool and drank beer with my buddies for a couple weeks. It was great. <laughs> Another public service announcement. <laughs> Probably came off the wrong way there. <laughs> That's funny. Everybody knows you. But, but think about that. Can you imagine the mess you'd come back to after being, as a contracting officer, after being gone for three weeks? particularly if some of your contracts are still going, some of them aren't. And here's the scary part. Some of them were going and they shouldn't have been because they didn't know, which is the reason for this uh, discussion. And in 2011, there was an almost shutdown that was a real big adventure for me because I was in the middle of a source selection. And what are you supposed to do? Well, you you as a government employee can't keep working if this, ha if this shuts down. The contractors are thinking, well, if the contracting officer is not going to be, if the team, the acquisition team is not going to be there, what does that do to our source selection? See, all these questions just bubble up. So they're normal in that they're happening frequent enough that you kind of have to have a clue of what's going to happen at the next one. So when do these normal things occur in the time zones? What we're really talking about here is the performance zone. This is execution. This is execution time zones while you're working on contracts because that's where you feel the impact. But it also does impact the acquisition time zones. Just think about it if you're trying to release an RFP or if you're in the middle of a source selection like you just talked about, all of a sudden your carefully planned schedule is totally jacked up. Just like that. Right. You planned around holidays. Suddenly there's holidays right in the middle of your, your source selection activity and half the people are on leave. Or you expected to be done before the summer and now half of your evaluators are out on summer vacation. Yeah, that's never happened. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about why it's important to understand what happens during a government shutdown. I mentioned before, for services contractors on government sites, you probably don't have access to the government site. So if you're in charge of the lawn care for the site, that grass is going to get really long. If you're a service contractor providing some kind of maintenance off-site, you probably get to keep working as long as you have current funding available. If your funding runs out, then you're subject to the limitation of cost or limitations of funds clause. There's a podcast about that. Yeah. If you're a manufacturer that's delivering commercial off-the-shelf type things, you're probably not affected other than the fact that there won't be any orders for a while. But if there's an order place that you're supposed to deliver, probably not impacted. If you're a system contractor building a gigantic system for the government, software, hardware, whatever, you're probably not affected as long as you have funding on the contract. And a small nuance is if, if your delivery, your delivery date is a day that the government shut down, there's nobody to actually be there to accept it, 
that's a mod that has to happen in the contract. It's, yeah, that, it could be a problem. Those are the kind of things that that's the, that's the ultimate government caused delay, right? It's like they're not there. I knocked right. and nobody answered. I keep saying you're probably not affected because I don't want anyone to think that, that these are the rules and uh, that's what he said. There's so many nuances. <laughs> but, but Paul said. Right. What Paul really is saying is talk to your contracting officer. Even if you're sure what the rules are and how they impact you, it doesn't hurt to touch base with the contracting officer beforehand and say, we're good, right? And really the, the communication there is to understand what clauses, what features of this contract, this individual contract you have are going to be impacted. I was running a source selection. I kind of mentioned this before, but here's how the story played out. So it was a down select. What that means is that we, we put a, a big source selection together, three companies won. We, each, we gave them each a small contract, and then the best performer under those three contracts was going to win the big one. So all three of these contracts are performing. There's an evaluation process, like on-site. This is a Special Operations Command contract, right? So two of the three evaluation processes has happened, and I was there for a portion of each one. Well, the third one happens right after this government shutdown that was supposed to happen. So I could not book my travel. So I could not get myself there. It starts on Monday. The government shutdown was supposed to happen on Friday. So bottom line, I end up not traveling. And, of course, on Friday night at 12 or at 11.59, the government fixes this. And we're back in line. But I didn't have time to go book my flights and get myself to the location in time. Since you're talking about travel, let me tell you how this can impact the industry side as well. We had a team at an overseas site doing an installation, a month-long installation overseas. And here comes the government shutdown or the threat of the government shutdown. What do these guys do if they're supposed to be installing something on a government site overseas that's now going to be shut down. What do we as the contractor tell them to do? Do do we fly them home? Do we say, hey, the government might shut down, so be prepared on the day, the first day of the shutdown, you're flying home, and then we'll fly you back when the government's open again? Do we just say, well, it's probably not going to last long, so just hang out in the hotel for a few days? These are all costs. Government caused delays, right? These are costs that are going to come back to the government eventually, but there's really a lot of guesswork involved in What's the most efficient way to do this? I mean, they don't want to fly halfway around the world and then fly back and then fly back again because the government's open again. But we also just don't want to strand them in a hotel for a while, unless it's like some gorgeous tropical location, in which case <laughs> maybe they don't mind as much. But they're already gone for a month, right? They don't want to be gone for more than a month. And that doesn't even talk to the fact that it, the project they're there to do is now going to take longer, which drives like program costs because it, there's a schedule, like something was supposed to be done and it integrates with other, with other systems and Right. It's a whole other conversation. Right. And this is what we're talking about, that the planning for the shutdown is, is very real. We had to be ready to know what to do, even though the government didn't shut down. Because if you don't plan, if you're trying to figure it afterwards, the alternatives can be catastrophe. You mentioned earlier the idea that the threat of a shutdown is just as much work. Well, this is exactly what it looks like. Back to the government side. The impact of a government shutdown or the planning for a government shutdown really comes back to a contract-by-contract scenario. There are some broad rules, but you really have to look at how each program is affected. And just like hurricane planning, one hour of prep now saves you 10 hours of picking up you know, pieces of your, your lawn <laughs> furniture uh, next week. And we already touched on the fact that there's budget impacts. There are costs beyond just that straight delay. Some of them aren't very obvious, like the pre-award side, your acquisition schedule is shot. All of the planning that went into building a tight acquisition schedule so that you can award on time to meet the mission needs, 
You just lost time. And not just the time while the government was shut down, but you've lost the time that people spent planning for the shutdown, whether it happened or not. And if it did happen, you've lost the time that it takes to recover from the shutdown. And if you're in the execution zones, if you're performing, the lack of access to your government counterparts can drive increased costs. Like you were saying before, if you're supposed to deliver and there's no one there to accept, that's a problem. If you need access to a government site and you can't get in there, that's a problem that may increase your costs that you're eventually going to bill back to the government. Which is a negotiated process that will result in a modification to the contract. <laughs> Says the contracting officer. And, 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 here's the, and you hear the sigh. And the reason I sigh is like this is non-value added exercise to our customer. That's why these are such a big deal. Is that the customer, doesn't, yeah, the customer doesn't care that you have to do a modification. The user, the person who needs the product, the service, the software, whatever that we as acquisition professionals are, are buying for them. This is all busy work in their minds, but it's busy work that if you don't do it, they don't have a contract. So I want to give kudos to NASA for trying to get ahead of this. So NASA has a shutdown FAQ website. It's 20 pages of ideas and things that you're answering questions. It says contract activities that protect people or property from imminent harm. And here's the key. As determined by the agency, not by the contractor. By the of way. course, don't let us decide. <laughs> may continue during a shutdown at the minimum level needed to protect life and property. So they put that out there. So when somebody says, huh, this security services contract I have to protect NASA facilities, is that going to keep going? Yes. Okay. That, that, so that's one less question somebody has to ask. Think about the guys on orbit. They're up in the space station. They're not going to be too happy if ground control calls them and says, oops, the, the government shut down today. We'll give you a call back when we're allowed back into the office. Yeah. You just hear them going, no, no, wait, don't hang up. <laughs> yeah, don't hang up on me. And, and it also says that no contractivity shall be allowed to continue. And this is, again, these are shut down FAQs, frequently asked questions, right? This is a list of questions. It says no contract activity shall be allowed to continue without concurrence from, and they list out like finance, procurement, legal, et cetera, as appropriate to implement changes and minimize costs to the government. So what they're saying is, please communicate. They say, this is the goal is to minimize cost and implement changes concurrent with Everybody talking about it, i.e. stomp your foot and communicate with everybody. This – I'm giving them a lot of credit for taking the effort and taking you know, the, the time to put something together to at least make people aware of these are the questions we get a lot. Here are the answers to them because you're, you're not going to get everyone. Like you said, Paul, this is a contract-by-contract contract scenario, but some of these things are basic. If it's security and life for life and property, it's going to keep going. Probably. I, the, the, the important part of the equation is – it's not all. Not all security is alike, right? So Yeah, fair enough. The important thing to know is if you think for any reason that you are exempt from getting shut down, you should talk to your contracting officer and make sure that they've given you that concurrence. And that, that's why it says – and it actually says as determined by the agency, not the contractor because <laughs> every contractor says, I'm important, right? Right. Of course, my contract is mission essential. From the contractor side – this important is an understatement because if work shuts down, you could go out of business, right? This is, it's, it, this is cash flow. This is how you make your money. Which contracts are going to shut down? Which ones may shut down? And for a small business, the cash flow lifeline may be even more restricted. So for a small business, cash is like oxygen. If you don't have it, you die. It's that simple. So if your cash flow is shut off because all of your contracts are impacted by this, let's hope that's not a surprise. you got to know what's going to happen and be prepared for it. And how do you gain this awareness of what's going to happen to you? you got to communicate. 
You have to be talking to your contracting officer. You have to be talking to the government people and be easy to work with. There's a lot of stress going on if the government may shut down. Don't be the contractor that's yelling and screaming that I'm important, I'm important. Every contract is important at that time. I even found an article in the Washington Technology it was entitled Contracting Officers Hold the Key to Surviving the Government Shutdown. So <laughs> the, the, you don't have to read the article to, to get the point of communicate, talk to your contracting officer. So th this is a time of stress like on both sides. We, we think that the government's going to shut down. We think that we're going to have these challenges. So in this time of stress, it's an ideal time to be providing some memorable customer service. I had a contract that was right in the middle of a, another threat of a shutdown. And we're two weeks away from this deadline, right? And most of the, maybe this is unfair to say, but most of the contractors that I have are sending me emails saying, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Hey, what do I do? They're, they're asking me for information, which the answer is unique to each one of them. Here comes this one guy, which I remember his name to this day. And he calls me and says, okay, based on the fact that we think we're going to shut down, this contract is firm fixed price. This CLIN is cost type, so we're going to stop doing that one. And this this one over here, we think this is how you want us to solve it. Does that make sense? How different his approach was. <laughs> and I know that sounds really selfish as a CO, but understand from the CO's perspective, if I got 10 contracts and none of them are calling me asking me what I'm going to do, and one of them is calling me saying what they're going to do and is it okay, the difference is huge. So that's what, what you're saying of the idea of you know, be easy to work with and communicate. And it's not just communication between – industry and government, it's within industry. On the industry side, make sure that you're communicating all these what-ifs to your employees. If you have a big contract that's a services contract on a government site, there's probably two types of employees. One type hears the news and says, government shut down. Well, I don't work for the government. That doesn't impact me. They're going to be surprised when it impacts them. The other type of employee hears the news of the government shutdown and panics and starts spreading rumors that nobody's going to get paid and then the company's going to go out of business and everything. Make sure that as you learn the impacts for each contract, that the employees on that contract have the news as soon as possible. And how do you get that news? Ask for guidance from the government team, from the contracting officer. But don't be surprised if they're not sure either because each contract is unique. There is, there is a general rule set, but you really have to look at the specifics of your contract to know how a shutdown impacts you. My favorite answer I ever got when I asked a contracting officer what we should do was just follow your company policy. There is no company policy for a government shutdown. We can't have policies for everything that happens. I want to know what you want us to do. Give us some direction on what we should do for this contract. Yeah, and, and there's two points there. One is that if companies have to have a corporate policy on how to handle this, that says a lot about the ineptness of our government to pass a budget every year. <laughs> I mean, if there's like, if there becomes like an instruction manual of, you know, what to do because this is so frequent, that's an issue. But the, the other side of that is kind of like you just said, you want to get some feedback from them on what to do. And like I, met, I mentioned a minute ago, having conversations about what clauses are going to be impacted before you make that phone call is going to increase communication. So this is both sides. Both sides have to understand that let's not wait until the political machine creates this work for us. Let's be talking about it ahead of time because we know it's going to happen again, but hopefully not so often that we need to have a far part that's about government shutdowns. And I am, I'm kind of yelling and waving my arms, but there is company policy on what to do in a government shutdown. And I think most big companies, because they're so common, they have to, they have to build a policy of what happens. What do you do with those people that are on a government site that can't work? 
Maybe it's a time for them to come into the home office or work from home and do all that annual training that they have to do that's usually an indirect cost. This is a good time to do it. They can't have access to the site, so they could actually get paid for a little while during the shutdown. The the, the valid point there is for a large company that's been through this a bunch of times and has 10,000 employees, there's lots of other stuff to do. For a small company, has less. Than <laughs> I mean, to be honest, there's there are other options, right? But if, maybe you have them paint the office. <laughs> <laughs> but for a small company, has a hundred employees, which is a lot of contracts. That's not a viable answer. Right. So if so, your your point is valid. Is it for the contracting officer to say, "Oh, follow co- corporate policy"? You know, that makes sense if you're running a five billion dollar contract. But if you get if you say that to a small business, they're going to look around, going, "Who's got that policy? They've never yeah. been here before." So yeah, that that's that again. This is case-by-case basis and in your case because you're a large business you guys got a plan but most of our customers don't (laughs) yeah i gotta say the the screaming and hand-waving part of that story was from my small business days (laughs) exactly you're 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 going back to the past all right let's wrap this up we've gone long today government folks industry may have little idea how much effort it takes to even prepare for one of these help them understand by explaining the things like what you'd expect them to do this may seem like a weird topic to talk about during a kickoff meeting, but if your kickoff meeting is right after the fiscal year or right after one of these happened when it's fresh in your heads, now is the time to have that conversation. Just just being able to say this contract is firm fixed price and you're manufacturing on your facility, so it's probably not going to be that much of an impact. That's farther than they probably would be on their own. <laughs> right. Now, if your kickoff meeting is happening at the end of September and there's a shutdown looming on October 1st, that's definitely something that you're talking about at the kickoff meeting. Imagine that, just one bullet when you're starting off a new relationship on a new contract to say, if there's a government shutdown, eh, you're probably exempt here. Or if there's a government shutdown, you're screwed. Everybody's going home. (laughs) Same thing is true for the industry side. Understand that the government folks have a little idea how much effort it takes industry to prepare for a shutdown, how much panic there is. And on the industry side, you're helpless to prevent this damage, right? This hurricane is coming and you have no way to escape. You got to know what you're going to do. We've run the hurricane analogy to the ground, but you have to prepare ahead of time. If you try to prep the last minute, if you try to evacuate at the last minute, probably the roads are already full and you're not going to make it out in time. You got to be thinking about it beforehand. And the last thing I want to say Government shutdowns are political. The saddest part is they waste a lot of money. Your money, my money, taxpayer money. They waste a lot of money due to all the time and effort that's lost preparing for these shutdowns and recovering from the lack of a shutdown or recovering from the shutdown. And that's not even getting into the actual program impact that these government-caused delays inflict upon all the programs out there. All that comes back as increased costs, and it's all something that can be avoided. But unless we hold our elected officials accountable for cooperating and putting together a budget that can actually be passed by the House and the Senate and a budget that the president will actually sign, these shutdowns will continue. And I don't actually hold much hope of that happening because, like we talked about before, shutdowns have been happening as far back in history as the newspapers show. <laughs> and there's our public service announcement for today. Yeah, but that, was a, that was a little preachy. But it's, it's a valid point is that, this again, this is something that we all are dealing with on the contract side that the customer, it's non-value-added for them, but it is going to keep happening as long as we realize where it's coming from. And, and it's worth saying that government shutdowns are entirely avoidable. That's a great place to stop talking. <laughs> stop there. <laughs> Talk to you later. See you, Paul. 
That's it for this episode of the Contracting Officer Podcast. We're on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. And we also started the Government Contracting Network Group on Facebook. Join us there. 